now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Thanksgiving edition. It is the best day of the year. It is football. It is food. It is friends and family. It is turkey naps. It is all the things that make life worth living. And the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, to top it all off, like a big pile of gravy on some mashed potatoes. Rich, I love Thanksgiving. How you doing? Oh, this is the most wonderful time of the year oh my god you just gosh. ruined it you ruined oh. it that was horrible i wish you hadn't done that now well, I, I lost i lost my appetite well i hope that's burned into your ears for eternity this is a wonderful beautiful spectacular amazing day enjoy thanksgiving with your friends family whatever you're doing enjoy a pretty okay slate of football that we will be talking about uh we'll have even more games on sunday that'll absolutely be better but before then, Alec, how you doing? I'm good, man. Again, it's uh, I'm always excited for Thanksgiving. It's my favorite day of the year. And uh, I wish there were some, as you mentioned, not the most exciting slated games today. But it doesn't really matter because usually by the time the Cowboys game rolls around, I am passed out on the couch anyway. And we're usually eating during the Lions game. So I'm not that upset missing Bears, Lions, and Redskins, Cowboys. But I will say Falcons, Saints could be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And this isn't a terrible slate of games, right? Where the Bears are a great team this year. You know, the Patriots shellacked them, but 7-3, and three, they're in commanding place in the NFC North. Uh, you got the Packers-Vikings showing down on Sunday night football. So Bears should inch their way a little bit closer to clinching a playoff spot at the very least, but they have to get through Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions that seem to do well against good teams and just terrible against everyone else you know they've beaten both the patriots and the packers so maybe they can beat the bears pull off that trifecta right there um but that'll be a game to watch washington dallas yawn snooze i know that technically washington leads the nfc east but the nfc east has got to be i know they won the super bowl last year but particularly washington and dallas have got to be two of the most oversaturated teams in all of sports this is the perfect time to take that trip to fiend nap where you're just not paying attention. But exactly as you said, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, NFC South, Divisional Showdown, that should be awesome. That should be a lot of fun because Drew Brees, for my money, is the front runner to be MVP this year, which he has never won. He has never been league MVP, which seems to be, I'm just surprised. I know that there, it just seems he's been around for so long, he's been great for so long, that at one point he would win MVP hasn't happened uh and then you got matt ryan who won mvp a couple years ago and the patriots beat them in the super bowl and currently yeah. matt ryan's playing at an exceptional level they just don't have a defense so falcon saints that should be interesting that's your thanksgiving alec if you had to watch one of those three games what are you watching i mean to be honest with you i'm probably only going to watch one of those three games because <laughs> i'm going to be eating during one and sleeping during the other but yeah falcon saints is definitely where it's at for me i love the saints i love drew Brees. they're a really enjoyable team to watch the falcons i think have underwhelmed this season they lost to the browns so they got that going for them which is nice <laughs> um it's basically a, a matt ryan drew Brees showdown that's always good and i feel like thanksgiving is one of those those nights where teams really get up for it they're really excited to play their national tv even if you're not really a football fan you probably have football at least 
on in the background while you're eating or sleeping or whatever. So should be a good one. Yeah, and the last time these two teams played, week three, the Saints beat the Falcons in overtime, 43-37. to If we can get a replica of that game, it would be just mwah, chef's kiss, beautiful. I would love for that to happen. But most of the exciting games this week will be taking place on Sunday and Monday. Is there anywhere you want to start in particular, or should we just go ahead and talk about how Steelers-Broncos is for some reason just an extraordinarily important game for New England? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. I think the Ravens and the Raiders are going to be, it's going to be a boring game. And the Browns and the Bengals are not going to be fun. And then the Chargers and the Cardinals is not going to be that good. Dolphins-Colts could be interesting because the Colts beat the crap out of the Titans. And the Dolphins coming off the bye. Dolphins are in Indy, so that's one to definitely monitor. But the way the Steelers just keep pulling games out of their rear end at the very last minute, they're at Denver, which is a very tough place to play, but they are white hot right now. And I don't think the Broncos are that good. This would be a very interesting contest that if the Steelers were playing at home, I don't think it would be close. But Denver's a huge home field advantage, and Ben Roethlisberger's been very streaky this season. So I'll be very curious to see how he matches up against his Denver defense on the road. Yeah, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is always super streaky. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that they lose. They, they were on the road against the Jaguars, had that last-second touchdown from Ben Roethlisberger to pull out that victory. Can they do it back-to-back? -back? I don't know. They host the Chargers next week. Hopefully they'll get a two-game losing streak out of it. That would be wonderful to see. Broncos coming off that last-second victory over the Chargers themselves. So my wish right now, my Thanksgiving wish, is that the Broncos will be able to continue their hot streak, take down the Steelers because the Patriots, I mean, clearly the Steelers have a tie on their record, but they're in the number two spot in the AFC. So for the Patriots to kind of get ahead of the Steelers, it has to be a pure record thing because I don't see New England getting a tie. And the Broncos beating the Steelers will absolutely get them towards that. Uh, but another game that is of note that you mentioned was Dolphins at Colts. Colts have been extraordinarily good. I believe in, over the past five games or something, Andrew Luck has thrown three touchdown passes each game, and he hasn't been sacked. So he's been playing lights out. The Dolphins have absolutely faltered since their 3-0 start. For the Patriots to clinch the division in Week 14, uh, as the Patriots play the Dolphins, they need the Dolphins to lose. They need the Dolphins to lose one of their next two games, next games against the Bills. I see them losing this game, Alec. How do you see this game playing out? I agree. Again, I think the fact that it's at Indianapolis and the Colts are coming off an absolute drubbing of the Titans the week before. Their confidence is up. I don't think the Colts make the playoffs this season. I think they faltered too much early on in the year, and they were still getting Andrew Luck back up to playing speed. But they are playing very well right now. The AFC South is a really interesting division, and I don't think the Dolphins have the personnel or the wherewithal to make a deep run or to make it with the Colts. I believe the last time they played was a couple weeks ago in Week 10, and it was, what, 13-6 to 6 mm -hmm. over the Jets, that barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not there. They're not the offensive firepower. And I think in Indy on a big Sunday kind of primetime-ish game at 425, they don't have the firepower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think the Dolphins are going to do anything here. Dolphins are just a team in my mind. Uh, <laughs> so the, the Dolphins hopefully are just done. I need them to lose. I just really want the AFC East to be wrapped up. That would make me feel so much more relaxed as you head down the final stretch of the year because next week – Patriots play the Minnesota Vikings, who have that Sunday night game against the Packers. Uh, both of them tied earlier this year. Vikings 5-4-1, Packers 4-5-1. Games in Minnesota, uh, you know, doesn't really matter too much for the Patriots. But uh, the final game of the week that I think we should talk about, Titans on the road against the Texans. 
Patriots want the Texans to lose just to give them some breathing room in the AFC. How's that game going to play out? It's so funny, man. I feel like we talked about around week five or week six how the AFC was so top-heavy and everyone's all loaded with the Chiefs and Patriots at the top and everyone else playing catch-up. But the Texans and Patriots have the exact same record. There's a tiebreaker separating them with the week one game, but they are right there. I mean, every single team in the AFC between the Patriots, the Steelers, the the Chiefs, the Texans, they could all take the two-seed depending on how this season shakes out. So – yeah, Titans, I don't know. I feel like this entire NFL season is one big game of rock, paper, scissors where the Patriots beat the Colts and the Colts beat the Titans and the Titans beat the Patriots and the Texans beat the Titans and the Patriots beat the Texans. And there's really no <laughs> rhyme or reason to any of it. And so hopefully the Titans can come out. They just got destroyed the past weekend. They got to get their pride back and a good place to do it's in Houston. Yeah, so hopefully they can come out and do that. That would be great. But this is a good point as I need to talk about Patriots-Jets. Most important game of the week happening on Sunday, 1 p.m., very happy that it's a nice and easy time for us. New England's on the road against the Jets. Alec, what are your first impressions on this game? Well, if I remember correctly, and my history serves me right, the Patriots play the Jets, and they play them pretty well. And <laughs> the Jets lost to the Buffalo Bills to the tune of 41-10 to the last time these two teams played uh, in Week 10, which is remarkable to think about, that the Jets lost to the Bills by 31 points. I think the Patriots are going to be very angry. They've had basically a week off to stew about their hands-down worst performance of the season so far. They dropped a game they really should have won, but they just forgot to show up, never got on the plane. And I think they'll be looking to right the ship against a Jets team that just isn't that good. Yeah, no, I mean, that's so true. This Jets team, they have lost four in a row. They somehow beat the Lions handily in the opener, but they've had just two wins in their nine games since. So it's, it's not a good team. They did beat the Colts, sure. They did beat the Broncos, sure. But they've lost to the Browns, which is never a good place to be. Lost to the Dolphins, 13-6. to They have not a lot going for them. Sam Darnold, their rookie quarterback, leads the league in interceptions. Their number two yard getter, Bilal Powell, is on the injured reserve. Uh, so they got Isaiah Crowell as their top guy. I actually kind of like their receivers. I like Quincy Nunwa. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson is like a kind of a big ball, deep ball threat. But this is not a strong team by any measure that you want to look at it. Yeah, they. I think they get like a lot of pressure. Todd Bowles is like a fine defensive mind, but even then, I mean, as you just said, they allowed 41 points to the Bills. I'm just. I mean, I wasn't scared when the Patriots were playing the Titans and that came back to bite the Patriots in the behind. But uh, is, can can you convince me in any way that the Jets can win this game? Well, I guess the biggest case I can make is looking at the Patriots and how they play at home versus on the road. They're not a very good road team this year. They have a good road win against the Bears and they beat the Bills on the road. But that's kind of it. There's really not a, a strong road performance, that mental toughness you see with going and winning tough road games. And the Patriots and Jets in New York has always been kind of a scrappy game. It always is. The Patriots usually handle the Jets at home. And then in New York, for whatever reason, there's just a scrappy AFC East division. All records and accolades go out the window. It's kind of a slugfest. And if the Jets start running the ball well, and as we saw in Tennessee, or as I pretend to see in Tennessee since I missed the game, the front three or the front four can cause a lot of problems for Tom Brady, rattling him early, getting him on those back shoulder, falling down throws into the ground. Enough of those. 
Darnold hits Robbie Anderson deep. All of a sudden, it's a it's a contest, and the Patriots are in a dogfight. And if that happens, Rich, if the Patriots are in a dogfight, or they drop this one, or they barely win, or they don't look good, I will be very legitimately concerned about how good their chances are for a deep postseason run. Oh, absolutely, and that would be totally fair. Uh, but fortunately for the Patriots, they should have a little bit more going their way than they did against the Titans. Rob Gronkowski should be back. Everyone expects Shaq Mason to be back as well. James White should be a little bit healthier. Edelman should be a bit healthier. Every piece should be closer to returning to the field. So you look at the matchups that are going to come out here. You look at this Jets defense, uh, you know, at their defensive back, they got Jamal Adams, who's their all-star at strong safety. He's just drafted a year ago, uh, but you got Buster Screen, who's their slot guy. Uh, they just, Morris Claiborne is their, their top cornerback that they have out there. Do you see the the Jets being able to defend this Patriots offense if they're at full strength? Or I guess I should say, do you think Tom Brady and his just very questionable performances over the past three weeks, is Brady going to fix that? I hope so. You know, I, I what really concerns me about what I've read and seen in the highlights of the, the Titans game since I've watched it is he's focusing and zeroing in more this season than he ever has. He usually is really good at spreading the ball around. His favorite receiver is the guy that's open. It's not Edelman and Gordon and James White, but it's basically been the Edelman, Gordon, and James White show. So I'm hoping one thing the coaching staff did in the offseason was trying to get Philip Dorsett more active, get him more plays, get him more snaps, because he's been a godsend to this team, a very quiet godsend because he's not on the field that much. But he catches everything that goes his way. Brady trusted him very deeply in the first quarter of the season. He had a couple of touchdowns, some really nice runs, some nice catches. So I don't really know why Dorsett is not going to get the, the love he deserves, which is actually why I'm making him my offensive X factor in this game, Philip Dorsett. I want to see him back on the field. I want to see him totally take over from the Chris Hogan role. We talked earlier in the year, Rich, about how he's been a ghost this season. Mm -hmm. Maybe he lost Tom Brady's trust. Fine. Get him on the bench. Get him out. Whatever you have to do, get Dorsett in and let Tom Brady realize once again that he's the greatest quarterback of all time, not because he can throw the ball deep to Josh Gordon and he gets it, but because he's the smartest quarterback of all time and he finds the open receiver. I don't think the Jets' depth matches up against the Patriots' depth. Their ones versus their ones and their twos versus their twos. Pats have the edge there. So let's go deeper into the roster and let's get guys like Cordero Patterson, Dorsett involved in the passing game, really open it up. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm going to go kind of in the backfield, though. I, I think Sonny Michel is going to be my X factor for the Patriots this week. He should be healthier, ready to go. I know that he returned before the bye against the Tennessee Titans, but he wasn't fully a piece of the offense just because the Patriots were trailing. I want him to be the engine of this Patriots offense. I want him to be more involved as a receiver because that'll make it easier for him to face less stacked boxes when he's in the backfield. I think that Sonny Michel and James White form an excellent tandem. James White is going to be the old reliable. I think he will be out there. He'll finish the day, you know, 85 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. But my X factor for Sony Michel is, is he going to come out here and have a 30-yard day? Or is he going to come out here and have a 100-yard day like he was doing back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back at the start of the year? If he can do that, Patriots will be back on track. Everyone will have a collective sigh of relief. And then the Patriots should chug along for the rest of the regular season. So Sony Michel is my X factor. Tell you, man, I'd love to see that because the Jets' defensive front is probably one of their biggest strengths. So the Patriots can run the ball well against those big guys up front from New York Jets. That'll be a very big, big boost for sure, especially with all the offensive linemen back. We underestimate how important it is to have the same five guys out there in front of the quarterback week in and week out, and that hasn't been the case for a while. So everyone should be back up there, and I'd love to see Michelle get after it. That'd be sweet. 
Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Rich. The Patriots' defense against the Jets' offense. This is another area where I think the Patriots have a pretty big advantage. Sam Darnold should be good to go. He's feeling better. He leads the league in interceptions, like you said. His number one receiver, Quincy Nunwa, is basically a tight end. He's a big guy. He's a burly guy. The number one running back in Bilal Powell is gone. They're relying on Isaiah Crowell. They don't really have a tight end threat. Robbie Anderson's a good receiver, not a great one. How do you see Brian Flores attacking this inexperienced rookie quarterback in a subpar Jets offense? Yeah, I mean, I, I expect them to do what they always do, which is not do a lot of pressure, which in my mind is always so painful, but the track record is there. They do find a way to win, but what the Patriots like to do against young, inexperienced quarterbacks is only rush three, rush four, drop as many people into coverage as possible, try and take advantage of the errant throws that Sam Darnold seems like he's doing week after week. He's only completing 55% of his passes. Some of them are because his receivers are dropping them, but he is throwing interceptions. So what Brian Flores will try to do is intercept the ball, run down the clock, or give the ball to Josh McDaniel so he can figure out what to do, but most likely run down the clock and make sure that this game ends quickly because the way that these young quarterbacks win is with an explosive play or two, so they're going to try and make sure none of that happens, and they want him to collect or kind of connect on you know, 12, 13 play drives, pretty standard for the Patriots' defensive approach. But I don't think that the Patriots will deviate too much other than they won't do as much pressure as they had done prior to the bye week. Um, but if I'm doing the matchups there too, you look hat on a hat. Stephon Gilmore and Quincy Anunwa. I put Jason McCourty on Robbie Anderson. That's how I would approach it. So who's the guy you try to eliminate? Is it Quincy? Is it Robbie Anderson? What's the Belichick philosophy of make sure you make make them beat us with their second, third best guy? Who's their, their guy they're going to try and max out of the game altogether? Oh, yeah. I mean, the top guy has got to be uh, Isaiah Crowell because he, he can blow the game open. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry. He's been extraordinarily efficient out there. Uh, if you can remove him from the game early, that puts the game entirely on Sam Darnold's shoulders, and that's exactly what you want to have happen because – you want to have that rookie quarterback have to come out and win in a big divisional matchup as opposed to allow them to just grind it out on the ground, which is something that, you know, Crowell can technically do. So Patriots defensive run front is going to have to big day. That's actually why Lawrence Sky is going to be my X factor for the Patriots defense because he's been outstanding as a defensive tackle all year for the Patriots. They need to have another week out of him. He has to continue his high play down the stretch. I don't know what you're going to get out of Malcolm Brown and Danny Shelton, but Lawrence Sky has been super reliable. If he can come out in the first half of the game, really stifle this Jets rushing attack, allow the Patriots to build a multi-score lead by the half, then he can take his break in the second half because the Jets are going to have to throw it. The Jets are going to have to throw it. Man, Lawrence Guy's having himself one hell of a week in, in the camp of Rich Hill. He got your oh, defensive yeah. MVP earlier in our podcast, earlier in the week, and now he's your X Factor for this one. Good for you, Lawrence Guy. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, <laughs> as for my defensive X Factor, it's interesting. I, I feel like this is going to be a game where – the Patriots are up by a couple of the scores at some point. I don't know if the Jets are going to completely ever abandon the run game, but I think they're going to really try and, and get the ball in Sam Darnold's hand as much as possible. And one thing that quarterbacks love to do, especially rookie quarterbacks, 
is check down and go to the easy, easy out, which is why I'm going to have a, a kind of hybrid Kyle Van Noy slash Patrick Chung X Factor today. Whoever's going to be one of those guys is going to be assigned in the middle of the field, probably Van Noy based on the matchups, but it might be Chung. So if it's Chung, he'll be the guy in there. But the guys on the crossing routes, the guys on the slants, on the quick outs of the running back, the ones that make quarterbacks feel comfortable, I think Belichick will try very hard to take those away and force an errant throw from Sam Darnold. So whatever guy is covering those middle flats, I'm guessing it's going to be Van Noy, but if not, it's going to be Chung. That's going to be a very important part of the field for the Patriots defense to take away. Interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder what the teams are going to look at, what how the Titans accomplished whatever they did against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. I know that it was the Corey Davis show. He was getting those big in routes deep down the field, kind of confusing the Patriots secondary, finding the soft spots in their zones, and had a lot of success doing that. Will the Jets be able to replicate that? I don't know. I don't know. But you also look at how Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis had some, some some success on the ground against the Patriots. So will the Jets try and do that as well? Um, but the low crosser is absolutely a place where, you know, it's a high percentage play. Get Let Darnold get into a rhythm. That's what I would do if I were the Jets. Try and take whatever is super easy and available to drive down the field. Doesn't seem to be the case. Doesn't seem to be how the Jets approach this. So, be interesting to see. Uh, Alec, do you want to go into predictions? Yeah, let's do this. The last game we predicted was at Tennessee. We both had the Patriots winning. Oops, not quite. So Did going back winning? to that one, you had Patriots 32, Jets 7, uh, Titans 17. I had Patriots 27, Titans 14. Not even close. I guess the 30 was there, but uh, yeah, you just flipped right. the scores. I was pretty close. Yeah, you were, but we're not doing that this time, unfortunately. <laughs> Before that, it was Green Bay. I had Green Bay winning, and you had the Patriots winning. So you are still have the hammer. You pick first. At New York Jets, Pats are coming up 1 p.m. this Sunday. Who you got? Oh, man. Well, I expect the Patriots to get back on track. I expect them to look similar to what they were doing during their winning streak when everything was well in the Patriots fandom. Six-game winning streak, y'all. Remember, Patriots were putting up 30 points with ease. Their defense was fine enough i expect more of that i expect patriots to get back on track they should win this one uh maybe not comfortably as you said it should be a dogfight because it's a divisional matchup but uh, i expect the patriots to pull away in the fourth quarter ultimately winning this one somewhere around uh 34 to 20 34 20 all right Got it. I think that the Patriots, we talked about this, Rich, and I think they think the same thing. This is a statement game for them. They need to show themselves and the rest of the NFL that what happened against Tennessee was a fluke, and it is now late November. It's time for them to start playing in earnest. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, if this is a really close game. If they lose this, that's going to be a huge blow to their morale and to their season. I don't think the Patriots can afford to lose again if they want to get a first-round bye. I think they know that as well. They're not going to lose off a of bye week, off another loss. I don't think Belichick's ever lost, had a loss, bye week, and a loss. I know he's lost coming off a of bye week, but they usually win the week before. I think they're going to be zeroed in, honed in a focus. The Jets are lambs to the slaughter in this game. I think the Pats win this one comfortably, 31-17. Ooh, I like that. Well, we're pretty close on our score predictions there. But we'll have everything on patspulpit.com. We'll have game preview, game commentary, game post-game, game, game, game. We will have everything on patspulpit.com. We'll have our podcast coming out next Tuesday. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 12 of the NFL season? 
Yes, I do. Again, it is Thanksgiving. I am thankful for you, Rich. I am thankful Aww. for Pat's Pulpit. I am thankful for Pat's Pulpit Podcast, all our fans and listeners. You guys are a great community. It's great to be a Patriots fan. It's good to find a place on the internet where we can have discussion and debate free from all the BS that we have to deal with as Patriots fans. And let's go, Patriots. Oh, absolutely. Alec, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Have so much turkey and gravy and whatever the heck you feel like. Enjoy your, your nap in the afternoon. May yeah. all of your, your football days be, be merry and bright. You too, man. <laughs> all right, later, man. See ya. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.